0: Good evening, High Desert Word Center. How's everybody doing tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's great to see everybody. Man, we have got a lot going on around here. God is doing some great big stuff at High Desert Word Center. Here in about five minutes, I'm going to give you one of the biggest testimonies we've ever had. So just buckle up your seatbelts, hold on to your seats, put on a helmet if you're prone to falling. But I'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, Praise God. Well, one thing we're going to do tonight, if we could stand up together. We're going to open up our service in kind of a new format that we are doing. Praise God. And you guys, uh, you're familiar with the Barstow Faith Confession. We started that in 2020. God has honored that, and we have seen him. Do a lot of great things in Barstow. Well, it's not perfect. Of course, it's not perfect. We know that. But God is doing some great things. Amen. And so we know that uh, we're not just satisfied with that, though. We want to see the entire United States changed. We want to see California changed. We want to see some things turn around. And so we are going to do our confession for America tonight. And uh, I just want you to join in on this with me. And we're going to kind of get more familiar and accustomed to this. But we are speaking words of faith over the united states can i get an amen Amen. all right let's do this father we come to you in jesus name and in unity we confess that jesus christ is lord over the united states of america we declare that righteousness mercy justice and judgment from you shall prevail we declare that she will complete her god-given mission to bring the gospel of jesus christ to the world we push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. You may be seated. All right. Well, a few announcements for us real quick. First of all, we want to remind you that Sunday night service is back. Can somebody shout hallelujah? (laughs) Sunday nights are back, 6 o'clock. This past week was our very first service, and uh, it went awesome. You know, it was even Super Bowl Sunday, and people still came to church. I was like, hey, we're getting somewhere with this. Children's church is open back up, so uh, if you've got kids, uh, grandkids, whatever the, the, the case is, children's church is taking place over there on sunday nights and the adults are meeting right here in the main building so be be prepared for that and of course if you didn't know youth group meets on wednesday nights they're over there right now that's for the junior high and high schoolers and by the way they're having a great time the youth group is just exploding with growth so i would say it's a good sign to see a bunch of teenagers interested in hearing about jesus in 2021 is anybody with me on that that's pretty big all right any ladies in the house all right your presence is known the ladies are in here they are representing all right so you have uh, the women's meeting is this friday night at 6 30 over there in victory hall my mama has got a great message for you right mom yep mrs pastor is going to be bringing the word and we just want you to ladies take advantage of that and have a fantastic time all right. One more thing. This coming Tuesday, say Tuesday, Tuesday. February the 16th, we are going to be uh, having, well, not us, but uh, Kingdom of Heaven Ministries, which is Chuck's ministry right there. Amen. And Paul Wilkie State Farm, who, by the way, if you're in the market for insurance, he's my agent and the man is the bomb. Anyway, uh, they, <laughs> they are putting on a Christian concert with the Christian band Seventh Day Slumber right over there at the drive-in, 6 o'clock tuesday i will be there having a great time i love this band they're awesome they travel the whole world preaching the gospel and uh, rocking it out for jesus so it's a free concert six o'clock tuesday at the drive-in bring somebody it's going to be a great time all right and is there anybody here that you just really like good news all right but do you love good news <laughs> Woo! i've got some good news tonight man i'm fixing to take off running listen to this all right Let's just put it this way. So uh, as you're well aware, the HVAC units, right, uh, at the beginning of this year, January, uh, we decided, hey, we need to purchase, we, really, this whole building, there's one on the lobby, six on the main part here. Our goal was, within two years, to replace all six units right in here. The lobby one's mediocre, and it can float through for a few more years, so, you know, whatever, it's a smaller unit. So we decided let's break it up into two parts. 2021, we're going to buy three units for this building, $10,000 a unit. We need $30,000. Boom. We raised $30,000 within like two weeks. Come on, somebody give God praise. Amen. So last week, we're looking at our numbers, our budget, and we're like, whoa, hold on. On top of everything, in addition to the, uh, the regular budget, we had so much extra just come in on its own. We have enough to purchase a fourth unit for the building. So that puts us a step ahead, but it gets even better, my friends, because today Katie gets a phone call from somebody that, uh, anyway, I don't want to reveal their identity, but somebody that's getting connected to the church, and they said, you know what, this place, uh, it's going to take more than four. This individual, this family is purchasing the fifth unit all on their own, five units fine. Come on, somebody. So, we're just, I mean, I'm in the office with my little son, Sam, and and old Pastor Dave's about to just take off, man. I'm like, woo, five units? I mean, we thought this, this was supposed to be the middle of 22 when that happened. And so, we're talking about, you're like, you know what? Surely, if God could do five units, I'll bet God could do six units before this is all over with. And so, we're crunching our numbers, we're getting it together, but I mean, think about it, you're on a football team, you've been driving it down the field, you're at the 10-yard line, why are you going to kick a field goal, why don't you just go for the full thing? And so, friends, family, everybody, we are going to be getting that sixth unit right away, and it's going to happen, and so we are just, this is just the biggest thing, what we thought would take two years is taking one month. This will be a total of nearly $60,000 that this little church in Barstow, California, God has brought through in one month. It's incredible. And so I'm just, we're, we're working with our guys. Amen. I've never been never seen anything like this. We're working with our guys, and they're going to see, you know, what we can do to get it, you know, maybe even get us a little bit of a better discount because... We're ordering six, like, seven and a half ton units for this play. These are big units. This isn't something that you put on the side of your Winnebago. This is the real deal. Come on, right? And so, listen, be praying. Some of you have already told me, hey, I, I wanted to be able to give last time, but you guys already got it. Listen, we're a family. We're doing this together. This will go down as one of the biggest victories that this family has ever accomplished together with the power of Jesus. This is big, but... I've already had, we sent an email out to most of the people that I have an email address for. I don't have everyone's email, but anyway, you—you you, a lot of you got that today. Be praying, all right? We want to make the phone call next week and say, brothers, go ahead and order that sixth unit. We're doing this thing, all right? And so, if God, just pray. If God's laying something on your heart to help us plow through to the end zone and get this final big thing here, we will have six new units on this building a two-year project turned into a one-month project and it god is going to get the glory we will point straight to heaven we'll say no it wasn't us it was jesus that did this so god is good why don't we give god a little shout of praise tonight somebody hallelujah thank you jesus the lord is good Nothing is impossible with God. And so if heaven had five AC units, surely they've got a sixth one up there somewhere. And we're going to have it by next week. So be praying. We will give you an update on Sunday on where we're at. But we're getting that sixth unit. And we're going to give the devil a big black eye. Man, we're going to embarrass him right in the middle of the pandemic. All right. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I'm a little bit excited. So. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and have my dad come up for our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. What time is it? That's right. God loves a cheerful giver. And we've got a whole bunch of them in here. Amen. So God is good. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? Belong to the kingdom of God, the family of God. Out up here, okay? don't yeah. hear me in the back. Alright. I, w- I want to show you how this how the, how the, how these things work. How me know there's a difference between luck and blessed. Luck's for the world, and mostly it's bad luck. Blessings from God are from God, and it's all good blessings. Amen. I'm gonna look at Philippians chapter 4, the Amplified Bible. And uh, when Pastor Dave was communicating with me today. I immediately knew what was happening, how this works. I, I, think, I think about Psalms 103. I'm just going to say this. Psalms 103, it says that, that Israel got to watch the blessings of God, that Moses knew what caused the blessings of God because he walked close to God. Well, see, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not surprised about any of this at all because I've walked with him for 41 years, and I, I know how he does things. I, know, I understand spiritual laws. And I'm going to show you a spiritual law of Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read the Amplified Bible because I really like the way it says it. And by the way, I'm going to be reading verse 15 through 19. The verse 19 is one that if if you're a Christian and have been born again very long, you know verse 19. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But it starts out with a but. That's a conjunction which connects it to the previous verses. And so you gotta see why God could say, I'll supply your all your need. How many familiar with Matthew 633? Put God's kingdom first, seek him first, and he adds everything you need. Well, Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. And Paul's writing a letter to the church of Philippi. He's writing to a church, but what makes up a church? The people in the church. Amen. So, if we get a letter in High Desert Word Center from somebody, if they're writing it to you, they're writing it to all of us. And so Paul said this, and you Philippians yourselves well know that the early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving, except you only. And so I'll tell you, I'll tell you how this worked. Our church very strongly gives offerings, and we call that sowing, into missionaries every month, as well as traveling ministries, into Dr. Barclay, because he's a traveling ministry, every month. Every month we do that. And this last year, missionaries couldn't travel because planes couldn't go anywhere, borders were closed. And so if, if faithful Christians had not have given money to missionaries last year, they'd all went, I don't know, they'd went broke, bankrupt, whatever missionaries do, if they don't have money, they've probably lost their houses, lost their cars, lost everything they had. And so although the missionaries were going nowhere last year, they looked to Jesus to pay their bills. They looked to Jesus to take care of, of their cars and their kids. And all they did, and with Jesus looks down to earth, his eyes run to and fro to see, who could I use? Who could I use? Who could I use? And so our church last year, through all those things going on, through the missionaries, belong to Jesus, we belong to Jesus, and so we're blessed to be a blessing, and so we sowed and we gave and we sowed and we gave, and it's not a one-time thing. How many of you work for a living? Do you like to get a paycheck all the time? Amen. I want to tell you something else. The government's not always dependable. You're depending on the government. But Jesus is. Amen. And so anyway, it says, For even in Thessalonica you sent me contributions for my needs, not only once but a second time, not that I seek or am eager for your gift. But look at this. But I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. But I I have your full payment and more. I have everything I need and am amply supplied now that I've received the gifts you sent me. Now look at this. Here's the way God looks at offerings we give. They are the fragrant odor of an offering and sacrifice which God welcomes and which he delights. And so the way God looks at the spiritual law, the spiritual law is this. In the Amplified Bible, the Greek, God calls that a debit and credit account. God says you're investing in the kingdom of God. And is anybody here, I, I know that I, I, I knew one young man one time that had seen me use a debit card before, grocery stores, gas and things like that. So when he got old enough to have his own account, he had a debit card. And so he was using it everywhere he could go. And all of a sudden, after a couple of weeks, he got about 15 letters in the mail from the bank. And he said, well, I did what you did. He said, I just used it everywhere I went. Nobody said no. Well, by the time I caught up with the bank, it's something like $25, $30, something penalty on it, plus all the other money. And mine worked because I made deposits. His didn't work because he didn't have anything in the bank. And so a lot of Christians look at other Christians and they say, Well, if they could do it, I could do it. Well, you gotta follow us as we follow Christ. You gotta give into missions. You gotta sow into people's lives financially yourself. And then when you have a need, look at verse 19. It said, God delights in that, and it's a sweet smell to him that says, And because of that, my God will liberally supply filled to the full. Is that what's happened with these air conditioners? That looks to me like a liberally supplied filled to the full, your every need. Was that a need at this church? Your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And you know what I've always noticed about the kingdom of God, these spiritual laws? When, when I have a need and I'm praying, the Lord moves on somebody to give into my life. And when he does, it's them sowing seed and me receiving a harvest. And then when I, when, I, when I have seed to sow, it's my seed sown, and it's your harvest if I'm giving it to you. The whole system works like that. It's sowing and reaping, sowing, and, <clears throat> excuse me, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. And so I just wanted to make sure you saw how this happened for the church. It didn't just happen because we're special people for some of God's favorites, it happened because the church cooperates with spiritual laws. And so, you know, just, 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 just for, for just an encouragement to you, you saw what happens on the large scale for the church, but it happens in your personal lives too. And so always give God your 10% because it belongs to Him, the tithe. And then when the opportunity comes to sow into projects, missions, and things like that, not just in the church. God's not living to the church. He might give you somebody else to sow into. But always keep that spiritual law working. And then when good things happen to you, people say, man, you are really lucky. You say, it has nothing all to do with luck. I belong to Jesus. I obey Jesus. I follow Jesus. And because I, because I do, Jesus promised me he'd take care of me. Amen? Let's shout again for Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's make our financial faith confession, bring our tithes and offerings up to the, to the altar. And if you uh, give it online, I said this before, I'll say it again. Don't just give online like you're paying a bill. Your tithes and offerings are not a bill. They're a deposit into your heavenly banking account. And so before you push that click when you give, just put your hand on or something and say, Jesus, I want to thank you. You've blessed me, and I'm sowing into your kingdom, and I want to thank you, Lord. You said, because I'm a tither, and I sow that you're going to supply all of my need, and I want to thank you in advance, Lord family amen all right financial faith confession as we bring the lord's tithe and give offerings today receive jobs or better jobs promotions raises and bonuses benefits sales and commissions growth in business settlements estates and inheritances interest and income rebates and returns checks in the mail gifts and surprises finding money bills paid off debts paid off royalties received Blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, get gesture in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
2: Let's all just go ahead and stand up. It's like springtime with you making all-
3: I'm alive. Bastard Jar.
0: Lord, we love you and we thank you tonight. You are good and your mercy endures forever. And Lord, as we have lifted up your name tonight, you said if you be lifted up from the earth, you would draw all men unto you. Lord, we lift you up tonight. We thank you that you are drawing us closer to you in the name of Jesus. Speak to us tonight, God, and tell us what we need to hear. Encourage us, correct us, exhort us, do whatever you need to do to us through your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen all right you can be seated tonight hallelujah amen well who's glad they came to church on wednesday night great choice i commend you for your choice tonight you did a great job with that all right well the title tonight is this it's called fight the good fight of faith now that's not something clever that i came up with on my own it is in fact a wonderful bible verse but we're talking about fighting the good fight of faith have you ever just realized that Sometimes life is just a fight anyway, whether you were looking for it or not. it just showed up and there's only one way that we're guaranteed to win, though. There's a lot of people fighting a lot of different fights. Some people are fighting the fights of politics. Some people are fighting the fights of this war and that war and this and that. And I mean, that's all different stuff, whatever. But I am called to fight the good fight of faith. That's where I am. Guaranteed victory. Well, I don't know if I'd say guaranteed. I'll say it and I'll say it again in cursive. We are guaranteed to win the fight of faith if we're doing it God's way. And I am confident of that. Well, that's too good to be true. That's the gospel, buddy. The gospel is the good news. In fact, the gospel is this Greek word that was hardly used at all back then. It's such a rare word because it's, it's such an almost exaggerated word uh, that, that the Greeks didn't even use that much because it, it's such a big time word. When you say it's the gospel truth, they're like, well, it's nearly too good to be true. That's the gospel. It is so good that you've got to believe in the impossible to realize that God is on your side. Amen. And so let's go ahead. I want to show you the main verse for tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm probably going to move fast. I have about 25 minutes to preach a 45-minute sermon. So you guys, hang in there with me. We are going to put this into turbo mode and fire the Word of God at you. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. I will mainly be in the New King James tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. To which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Have you made your confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses? We are loud. We are proud. We are spirit filled. We are Pentecostal. Whatever you want to call us. But we are not ashamed of what we are, and I'm telling you right now, we have made the confession, the good confession, in the presence of many witnesses, and we are not backing down. We will fight the good fight of faith. And so what I'm going to do with this verse is kind of what we did with our verse out of Second Thessalonians last week. We're going to break this verse down very quickly into three portions and see what this is talking about, all right? And so... Number one, the first thing I'm going to say out of this is this. Fight. Fight. (laughs) Fight. The devil is not shy about what he wants to do to you, to your family, to your town, to your country, to whatever that he wants to do. But listen, there's a fight going on, and ignoring it doesn't make it go away. Now, you know, if you ask Katie, I'll be honest. I'm kind of one of those guys, like, I'm cool to just sweep my emotions under the rug. Turns out most women don't like that very much, all right? I don't know if guys can say amen to that. But listen, uh, she, she wants to talk about it, right? And, 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 and listen, when there's a fight going on with the devil, you, you can't stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and it's just going to go away. These guys are going to shoot you in the behind. Listen, fight the good fight. Don't roll over and play dead. Don't let the devil win. Now, I, I realize I'm talking to, I've got some spiritual warriors in the room today. I, I Listen, I am fully aware of some of the victories that we have won through the name of Jesus together in this very room. I, I look around and all I see is testimonies of things that God has done. But even sometimes warriors need a little bit of a boost. They need a little bit of encouragement and a little extra strength, all right? So I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30. And as we're turning over there, I'm just going to give you the abbreviated version of this story. Uh, while David and his men were off fighting another battle, uh, the Amalekites come and, they, and they, uh, just they, they annihilate the village. All right, They come in and they steal all their goods. All right? They steal their, their possessions. They kidnap the women and children. And then they burn the rest of the village to the ground. So David and the boys come back from battle. They roll up on this, and all they see is smoke coming out of the ground. And, of course, they're like, well, what's going on right here? This is a scary thing. All their stuff's gone. Their wives, their kids are gone. Their goods are gone. And the men become so angry, so distraught, that they spend a while crying and weeping over their loss. But then they look at David, and they blame him. This is your fault. And they begin to talk of killing their leader. And listen, there's a whole lot of people that they will turn on the very one that has brought them through thick and thin. The very one that has brought them through battle after battle, they'll turn on their leader when things get bad. Don't do that. Don't turn on Jesus, of course, and don't turn on your spiritual leaders just because some trouble comes along. First Samuel chapter 30, I'm going to just go down to verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, they're they're talking about killing him. What did he do? He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The King James says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And I believe that's an even better definition right there. David strengthened and he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, if you've been in this thing very long, it's really nice when you've got somebody else that will come and do the encouragement for you. You're having a down day, and and all your friends show up and just encourage you and and lift you up and and pick you up and dust you off. That's great. That's wonderful. But that doesn't always happen. And sometimes when you're in that spot, you can either get mad at all your friends. Well, where are they? uh, Find out who your friends are, blah, blah, blah. Don't say dumb stuff like that. Do what David did. He... Took it upon himself. He's like, you know what? No one else is going to encourage me. I'm just going to encourage myself. That is a whole other level of spiritual maturity right there. When you can say, you know what? I I don't even, that's fine. I don't, I I got this. I'm going to go straight to the Lord myself. I'm going to strengthen and encourage myself in the Lord my God. Well, how do you encourage yourself? That's a good question. Thank you for asking that. Let's look over at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Because David wrote Psalm 119. It is the longest chapter in the Bible, but it's, a, it's an awesome chapter of the Bible. And the entire thing, it's a Hebrew poem that David wrote, but the entire thing is about how much David loves the word of God. He calls it a lot of different things in there. He he may call it the law of God, uh, the decrees of God. He says the word of God. He says your righteous statutes, your the commands of He uses all these different synonyms, but the whole thing is referring to the word of God. And so David had a lot of success in life. I mean, that's, let's just get real. David had a lot of success, but David also had a lot of troubles and battles that he had to win. And so I look at this guy and I'm like, well, he did something, right? I need to find out what it was that he did. And so David says, I, I, I encourage myself, with the Lord my God. How did he do it? Psalm 119 and verse 28 in the NLT, David says, I weep with sorrow. But what? Encourage me by your word. Well, how did he, how, where did he go for encouragement? He went straight to God. I may be weeping with sorrow right now, but Lord, I'm coming to you. Encourage me by your word. And I am here to tell you tonight that the word of God will bring you encouragement, but you've got to go to it. You can't just leave it sitting there on the shelf and and just sitting there closed on your coffee table. That doesn't encourage you just sitting there. You've got to Go to the Word yourself. Well, yeah, but I wanted Pastor Dave to preach it to me today. And I wanted Pastor Samples to come over and to deliver the Word to me. And we would love to, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. You've got to go to the Bible yourself, open it up, and encourage yourself by the Word of God. And that's what David did. David loved God's Word so much that he was obsessed with it. Look at verse 52, Psalm 119 and verse 52 i love this verse psalm 119 and verse 52 and when you are somebody that loves the word of god when you begin to be obsessed with it all right and and you're never going to be too obsessed with god's word but listen it's really hard to get discouraged if you've been spending a lot of time with jesus have you ever been around somebody that's just nonstop positive they're always up it seems like they never have a down day I like to be around people like that. They lift me up and make me feel better. But think how much better it would be to be around Jesus, and you can be every single day. Psalm 119 and verse 52, David said this, I meditate on your age-old regulations. Oh, Lord, they what? They comfort me. Well, what are the age-old regulations? He's talking about the word of God, the law of God. He meditated on those regulations. Well, well, what does that mean? What does meditate mean? Well, a lot of people don't, I found out, don't actually know what meditate means. I say that word and you think of somebody sitting cross-legged and, you know, saying weird things and chanting to themselves, whatever. You know, and, and, and that that's not the Bible definition of meditation. The Bible definition, the Hebrew definition, it means to repeat something to yourself. And so when I say meditate the word of God, I'm telling you to. Get a verse in your heart and just keep speaking it to yourself over and over. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's meditating the word of God. And so David said, I meditate on your age-old regulations. I meditate the word of God. Oh, Lord, it comforts me. And so David would literally, by his own writing here, this isn't a stretch, David, according to his own words right here, would repeat and speak and keep going over the word of God to himself. In fact, Joshua one eight, the Lord told Joshua to meditate in the word day and night. And then he said, Joshua, you will have good success. And so if you want to be a successful Christian, a major key that the majority of Christians don't get is the key of meditation. And again, I'm not talking about sitting around humming and doing this. I'm talking about repeating the word of God to yourself. Do that. I challenge you. Become a meditator of the word of God and watch what happens in your life. You will be encouraged all the time. You will the devil will come and try to bring something to you. You're going to shoot it down right away, man. Man, you can't threaten me with poverty. God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to I'm not even going to give that thought any time. Meditate the word of God. And that's what David did. And so when you're going through difficult times, when you've got a fight on your hands, you can view it one of two ways. You can view it as a chance to quit or as a chance to grow. You've got, you know, a storm comes, a fight comes, a battle comes. I can view this as, you know what, this is where I split. This is my perfect chance. I've been looking for a way to quit. You can go that route. Or this could be a great opportunity for growth in your life. Now listen to me. Here's the heart of what I'm saying, so please get this. Difficulties and troubles, they don't give you faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. But depending on how you respond to the difficulty, you can help your faith grow stronger in the fight. Now, the fight's not what's going to give you faith. You've got faith from the Word of God, but fighting back and overcoming, that is a chance for your faith to grow and get stronger. It's not the trouble that makes you stronger. It's your response to the trouble and how you use it. And, you know, we've used this example a lot, but in the physical realm, simply purchasing a weight set and looking at it and saying, I'm the proud owner of this weight set, that will not make you stronger. you got to do something with it, right? Just purchasing a Bible and, and, and just saying, yeah, I love the Bible, but never doing anything with it, with what you know, that doesn't make you any stronger. So here you are at church. You're hearing the word. We're trying to pump this into you as much as we possibly can. And then trouble comes along. Oh, man, I thought that I would never have any trouble. No, this is your opportunity to use some of what you've been taught. Amen. James said, consider it joy when trials and troubles come your way. This is your chance to use your faith and to push back. And when you push back. That's when muscles begin to grow and your faith is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger if you'll keep hearing the word of God. And so even if it's something as simple as just simply speaking the word of God when trouble comes. You know, you, a family member wants to have a good old argument. You know what? Speak the word of God. Someone at, at work wants to give you a hard time. Start speaking the word of God. The devil wants to come and try to hit your health. My gosh. Speak the word of God. You have got to get this. You have got to get this in you. As a child, my parents took this so seriously. I am not exaggerating. Literally, every time my dad would even sneeze. I'm not exaggerating. 100% of the time, if he had a sneeze, he would say, by his stripes, I've been healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. 100% of the time. 100% of the time. And I was a kid. I'm like, man, what's going on here? You know, he'd have, a, you know, he maybe have a, <clears throat> excuse me, by his stripes, I am healed every single time. Why is that? Because this isn't just something we talk about. We base our entire lives off of this. You speak the word of God. You meditate the word of God, and then any time the devil even looks like he's trying to knock on your door, you instantly answer, and you will start seeing victory after victory from faith. To faith, all right? So, number one, fight. Number two, the good fight. Fight the good fight, all right? And so, let's look at the 2nd Corinthians chapter 2. Is anybody having a good time? Thank you. All right. <laughs> what was that? All right. <laughs> all right. Make me spill my water on myself. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, let's look here at verse 14. Now, man, this is a fire verse. This is a fire verse. I'm going to the King James on this. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Man, that is the gospel. That is good news right there. Thanks be unto God, who always causes us triumph. To triumph in Christ. That's what I'm talking about when I say I guarantee a win every single time if I'm fighting the battle in Christ. I'm telling you, I've had some losses. I've picked up the L a few times in my day. I have not won every fight. But I can say this. Anytime I look back and I've lost the fight, it was when I was doing it in my own strength, relying on my own understanding, Trying to make things happen in my own power. And I can honestly, I can look back and say, you know what? I wasn't doing that in Christ. I wasn't trusting in the Lord with all my heart. I was trusting in me with all my understanding. And I lost. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Here's another winner for you. Romans 8.37. Flip over there. Romans 8.37. Amen. Amen. Romans eight and these are these are some you need to have these on speed dial. These are just I'm just I'm serious. These are some no-brainers. You've got to have these in your in your collection, whatever you want to call it. These have got to be right there on the tip of your tongue. Romans eight thirty-seven. What read this in the King James also? Got to realize most of the verses I have memorized, even though I've used the NLT for fifteen years now. Most of my memorization is in the King James even still. Romans 8, verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, I've said it before. I'd be glad to just be a conqueror. Man, there's some pretty tough dudes that were conquerors. That would be great. But the Bible didn't stop there. It says we are more than conquerors. Again, how? Through him. That loved us, not through me, not through well i 'm educated, not through no, through him that loved us, and so we don't always know how or when, but we do know that we always triumph in Christ, and we are more than conquerors so i 'm flipping you all over the place, okay, back to first Samuel chapter thirty. I should have just told you to stay there first Samuel chapter thirty i 'm trying to cram this in here. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Let's get back to what happened. So David, his guys, they turn on him. They want to kill him. And so instead of running and, and and hiding, he encourages himself in the Lord. Most likely, he began speaking Scripture to himself. Obviously, it would have been Old Testament Scripture and promises. He begins encouraging himself, probably singing, probably worshiping, definitely speaking the word. And so They go back, you know, he gets fired up, he gathers the troops and they're like, we're going to go back and we're going to get our stuff. We are going to fight. We are not going to let the Amalekites get away with this. We're going to get our wives, our kids, we're going to get our possessions. We are going to put up a fight. And that's what I'm talking about. Some of you, the devil's stolen stuff and you're just like, well, we'll just take the loss on that. Don't do that. Go get your stuff. Go get your stuff. And so they head back there, and on the way, they find a young Egyptian man that had been a slave to the Amalekites. Well, he became sick, and the Amalekites are like, yeah, he's disposable. So they just leave him in the desert to die, and they, head, they go to where they're going. Well, David stumbles across this guy, and you better bet this guy was like, oh, I'll tell you exactly where they went. He wanted revenge. And so David takes care of the guy. And the guy that they were going to just discard leads David and the army directly to where the Amalekites were camping out. 1 Samuel 30, verse 16. It says, And when he had brought him down, there they were, spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight. Until the evening of the next day. That is some fierce fighting. We're talking about a full day and a half of fighting these guys. David was ticked off. So he fights these guys. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode away on camels and fled. So David recovered all. Somebody say all. All that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. Okay, don't get two wives, but just. (laughs) But if you do, and someone steals them, go get both of them back, all right? And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, son or daughter, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. So, what am I getting at? Fight. But right here, the good fight. What's a good fight? It's one where you go back to the enemy and get every last thing that he stole from you, and you refuse to let it go. That's a good fight. I don't like a fight where they're like, well, it was really close, but he lost in the end. That was a good fight. That's not a good fight. That's a bad fight. You lost. I'm talking about the good fight is the fight that you win. And David encouraged himself, and then he went, and he fought the good fight, number three, of faith. The good fight of faith. Now I'm talking to faith people today so I don't need to explain all this but we have to keep believing. We have to fight that fight even when it seems like nothing's happening. And a great example of this, I don't think she's in here right now but Katie Brady, is Katie Brady in the house? Okay, I was going to use her as an example. Let's just go ahead and use her anyway and I'll bet she's watching. But Austin and Kate, you guys know their story and you know that when they had had their first child, what 2013 or 14, the baby died at only a couple months old and and it was I mean, come on, that's a difficult thing to go through, but these two came into church, gave their lives to Jesus, never looked back and they fought the fight for years. And people would say, well, I mean, no one said this to me, but I'm just imagining somebody could have said, you know, guys, they just it's not going to happen somebody could have said that to them right and they refused to take no for an answer and 2020 the banner year the great year that it was around here those two had a baby amen we've got little baby Seth and I love that little fella he's uh, seven months old now and he's a big boy all right but he's growing growing every day and we couldn't be more proud but I'm saying fight the good fight of faith even when somebody said well take the loss it's just not meant to be Oh, it's meant to be, brother, and we are going for it, and we are going to take back what the devil stole. One last verse, and then I will just come in for a landing here. Romans 1, verse 17. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't fight the good fight of my intellect. Don't fight the good fight of, well, I've got a lot of money. Don't fight the good fight of, I'm super good looking. No, fight the good fight of faith, of faith. Somebody say that with me, of faith. Faith, that's the fight that we are called to fight. Romans 1 and verse 17 in the New King James. I didn't put this on the PowerPoint, so you just got to ad-lib there. Romans 1, verse 17, it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from what? From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Well, how serious do you take this whole faith thing? Man, I live my entire life by faith. That's how serious we take this. It's everything we do is based off of faith. There's no way in the world... That we, we don't have a single rich person in this church, that we could come up with $60,000 in one month's time, straight cash, and not have to go to the bank and say, could you give us a loan, and we'll pay you back 25% interest if you'd be nice enough to help the poor old children of God out. Could you help the poor children of God? No. We live by faith. Oh, my gosh. you got to get, listen, There, there's. This is everything that we do our entire lives. Everything we do. We live by faith. There's nothing that we nothing we do that isn't based upon faith. Because why? Faith, you've got to believe in something that you don't see yet. You've got to believe that God's going to do something and you don't have any idea how it's going to happen. You just know that it's going to happen. And that's how we live our lives it's a wild ride it's an awesome ride it's a fun ride it's a non-stop adventure because we take a step sometimes and we don't even know we don't even see the next piece of brick in front of us but we're still stepping anyway and god always makes it happen because we always triumph in christ jesus and so if you feel like man there's a fight going on right now man that's awesome That's good news. That's great news. Why? Because now you can use your faith. Now you can fight the good fight of faith. And now you can actually do something with all this Bible you've been learning. And you are going to win if you will do it God's way. Fight the good fight of faith. And you're going to see miracles happen nonstop. Can somebody say amen tonight? All right, we'll go ahead and close down there. That is all the time that we have. Can we give God some praise together tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together if we can. Praise the Lord. What an exciting time to be alive. I mean, I say that all the time, but what an exciting time to be alive, to see the work of God, to see what God's doing, man. People just filling into God's house. People getting baptized, man. We baptized fourteen people on Sunday. Listen, that's awesome. That's the that's what I live for, man. I love this stuff. We are, you know, we are just Katie and I are talking. We are having the time of our life right now. God is just doing miracle after miracle, great thing after great thing. Well, yeah, it's all easy. No, there's been a fight to make it happen. We we all of us as a collective. HGWC family, we have been fighting the good fight of faith, and we are seeing victory after victory, and it is awesome, man. It is awesome. Praise God. I want to pray over you tonight. Maybe you're in here, and you're like, well, I've got a fight on my hands, and right now it doesn't feel so awesome. Right now, uh, we don't even know what we're going to do next. Hey, that's fine. You don't have to know how. You just have to know who, right? And I know who is going to bring the victory to you if you'll do it his way. So you're not going to get on your own terms. You're going to have to do it on his terms. And I guarantee you his terms include the word of God all the way. But let's raise our hands together tonight. I want to pray over you for just a minute. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for every single person here, every person watching online right now. And, Lord, we know that you told us that we would always triumph in Christ Jesus. And I pray that we will cling to some of these promises that we've seen tonight, such as Romans eight thirty seven, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And God, I pray for strength to every single person here right now, Lord. If anybody's feeling down or discouraged, I pray that tonight they have been encouraged and uplifted and they have got the strength through you to fight the good fight of faith. And we're going to keep seeing victory after victory after victory, not just for the church here, but for every single person of this church. Every single member of this family, we declare victory. We declare success every single day this year. We thank you, Lord, for an awesome road ahead of us. And, Lord, we promise you we won't take one ounce of the credit. We will point directly to heaven and say, no, I didn't do that. That was God. I couldn't have done that. It was all God. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Well, who's had a good time tonight? All right. Well, again, encourage you. We are going to push the final piece of this project, the HVAC project. We are this close to completing a two-year deal in one month and having all six units on here. I know some of us have stretched. I've stretched myself, and, and, and I love it. And so I'm telling you, just pray and see what God would have you to do to help us. I'll do my part. You do your part. We're going to push this thing this thing over the, the touchdown line, and we are going to absolutely come away with a huge, huge victory and one verse, you know, that we need to be aware of is, um, it tells us in Isaiah that, listen, God gives seed to the sower. Maybe you're like, well, I want to give, but I don't have the money right now. There was a lady, a single mom in this church just a few weeks ago. She she wanted to give into this so bad. She said, God, you're doing something at my church, and I want to be involved, and I don't have it right now. Well, that was on a Sunday morning. She just heard the verse I just told you, that he gives seed to the sower. She went home and said, God give me seed I just give it to, it's not for me give me seed so I can get it in there. Somebody that afternoon gave her a good amount of money and she's you know what this is for I know exactly what this is for. She brought it in this single mom and gave it to get these HVACs. So people could hear the gospel, so we could baptize people, so we could just get the gospel out as much as we can. Man, that is, that's just about the best story I've ever That is awesome. And so for all of us, let's pray and let's push this thing, the final little ten yards there. And come away with the huge victory, Amen. We will give you an update on Sunday after we hear more from our dudes. And we will—we're just right—we're this close, guys, to a massive, massive miracle. And I am so excited. And Jesus gets all the glory, doesn't He? Jesus did this. It was not us. We did our part, but Jesus gets the glory, Amen. Well, let's go ahead, and uh, we're going to close out in prayer, and then we're going to say the Barstow Faith Confession. We will see you on Sunday. You're going to be here Sunday, right? All right. I know it's Valentine's Day. We promise to love you. We'll give you a well, We Well, I don't know. We may give you. We won't give you a hug. We won't give you a hug, but we'll do. And the women's meeting is Friday night at 630. So, ladies, come and do that. And then Monday is President's Day. Celebrate responsibly. Celebrate the President's. It's going to be great, right? Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And I pray that we will take this with us. Lord, we're not just going to be hearers of the word. We're going to be doers of the word. And anybody in here, Lord, that has a challenge tomorrow, I say in Jesus' name that they will speak some scriptures over it immediately. We will become meditators of your word, speaking your word even to ourselves nonstop. And we're going to see you absolutely change our lives. This will be the best year we have ever had yet. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.